0: Bye. Mm-hmm. Today, we're going to talk about episode 204, What If God Was One of Us? And um, we have a lot to say about one topic in particular, (laughs) which I think y'all will be (laughs) shocked about. Um, But we're going to save that uh, for a little bit later. And we're going to start by talking about the flashback scenes. So we went back to 1947, and we got more of uh, Nora and Louise and... Roy, and also Jason Bear's mysterious character. So let's start with, with Trip, who it turns out his name is Eugene, which is a terrible name. No
1: <laughs> by Trip. What? What a horrible... I'm in mean, so 40s. It makes sense. But I laughed out loud. Jason Bear does not look like a fucking Eugene in any way.
0: <laughs> Amazing. But along with being named Eugene, his name is Eugene Maines. Yeah. So, and he is... Did they, didn't they say he was Alex's grandfather's uncle or something? Some, Some great uncle. Yeah.
2: Some great uncle. Yeah. Right.
1: Um, it, I, I assume, was this supposed to be a plot twist to anyone? Because I just assumed I he was a mains from the very beginning. So. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I figured that the reason that they were focusing on him, especially with Nora, had to have been.
2: Yeah. Because
1: of the way they were setting it up. So I wasn't surprised. It makes sense.
2: But yeah, I wasn't shocked, maybe from the last episode, but um, this episode, I wasn't shocked bef- because, I, in my opinion at least, Jason had some very Jesse like mannerism in the first scene. Yeah. Uh, like with the, how he clenched his jaw and yeah. how he was moving and everything. So I was like, this guy is like, has a connection with Jesse Maines. Mm-hmm. Because just the mannerism was very close. So I was like, I wasn't shocked at all that he was um, a mains And that was played really, really well. I, I really liked that. And I like him as a bad guy. I don't know. I'm just, I think he plays a very good bad guy. There's nothing wrong with villains. Yeah. I'll,
0: I'll be honest. I, I mean, I'm not surprised that he's a mains, But I had kind of held out hope that he was an Evans. That he was like, mm. like, the evans grandfather or something but i'm not surprised he's in mains it fits Mm -hmm. all right louise and nora so it seems like we don't get and and i and this is actually in the notes to talk about we get this whole time jump of like i'm assuming what like a year or however long it was until yeah but all of a sudden they they all of a sudden, they speak English. They have these connections with Roy and with the little kid who I can't remember what his name is. Walt. Um, Walt. And we got none of it. But I'm a, I'm hoping that we'll get more flashbacks that kind of go in between. But I don't care. I, I just don't care. Like, I know I'm supposed
1: to care about Louise and Roy. And I'm supposed to care about their little romance. And the thing is, I would have if... There were any time spent on it. You you literally can't just hand me four characters and yeah. say, hey, look, they made a family, mm-hmm. you know, and, and even Alex calls them a family later on in the episode. I didn't see it. I don't care. I have no emotional connection to these people whatsoever. Louise and Roy didn't even have to be there.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and think of the storyline potential with having this interracial romance in the 40s in a small town in the South yeah. and in Southwest, but and it's just completely... Uh, you,
1: you, you, you can't go zero to 60 in 10 minutes and expect me to care. Sorry, I don't care. Yeah.
2: I mean, I hope that the thing will be that, okay, they've shown us the beginning and they've shown us how it ended. Um, and then maybe they'll spend more time or more flashbacks with what happened in between.
1: Why would we care at this point though? We know how you know what I mean? Like
2: Yeah, I know. I I just yeah, it felt very weird. Yeah. It felt very weird and honestly I was very excited to see Roy and then to have, you know, this black man introduced in nineteen forties in the South and all of this. And then just to have him killed.
1: Killed? Immediately?
2: And like I, I think it's,
1: I think I, there was a potential there. Like you want, you know, the the idea of it is wonderful, right? Like yeah. Louise and Nora were brought in. They created this thing. They created this life, you know, with her mentioning Michael. And, and you could tell that she mm-hmm. let herself believe for even a moment this was their actual life. But if you don't, I mean, there's no fleshing out. There's no attention to detail, then it's just not going to work and I, then i would rather you just not do it at all yeah uh, or or tell it some other way or or basically what should have happened was this should have followed along this entire season and then towards the end we got that reveal of that he was a mains and then he killed everyone that's how that should have worked mm-hmm. it shouldn't have happened in two episodes three episodes
2: yeah yeah all
0: right so now let's move on to our king kyle valenti um amanda is the the major kyla's shipper so she got kyla's making out yeah but it was all a subterfuge
1: (laughs) it wasn't even like okay it was hot yes they kissed and then it meant it was just oh my kyla's heart (laughs) all i want is for them but you know I do love their scenes together, like they mm-hmm. that scene, that funny scene in, in you know mm-hmm. in the house when he was talking about Garen's nipples and yes,
0: the the cheek yes. kiss
1: in <laughs> the very domestic way that they it shows that they've known each other for a very very long time. I do yeah. love when they're they're together. very
0: comfortable with each other. Yeah. Right,
2: Max was able to reach out to her host out mentally, so we think he's getting stronger now. All we
0: need to do is
2: figure out the heart transplant. I think I've locked down the order. We need to attach the valves. Blood flow doesn't mimic the pattern in humans. Reverse. Actually, I figured that after two hours with the ultrasound of Garen's chest, oh,
0: yeah, I can pick his nipples out of a lineup. Liz, I really hope you understand the sacrifices I'm making here.
1: <laughs> um, but then Liz takes advantage of that, and not in a not in a meaning. She doesn't mean to, and it's not in a you know a negative way. And she's not like, oh, I'm going to take advantage of Kyle today. But she had to have known. Just because her feelings for Kyle or whatever she was feeling have been pushed aside for Max, it doesn't mean Kyle's feelings. Mm-hmm. So I think she was blinded to that, that single focus on, on Max.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that scene where he um, he tells her that he likes to be her rock, but as long as he, he is her rock, he isn't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, that was a very good oh, scene. So good. And, I loved it because to me at least it felt very in parallel with what Michael saying no to Alex was. Right.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. So
2: like them realizing that the relation that relationship as it is isn't working and the other person isn't necessarily like they know that they care about them but you know their relationship as it is isn't working and so someone has to break the cycle. So I really loved that scene for what it meant for Kyle's character. Um, I agree, yeah, I love them together. I love their scenes, but I think it was an important scene to have as well
1: oh yeah, and and that I'm so glad that was in there because I think Kyle is um self aware enough and is is such a great character mm-hmm. to to set boundaries when boundaries need to be set um because if there's one thing that people don't do on the show very well is set boundaries mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. and i I'm very, and I think that again shows how much Kyle has changed from high school until now. I mean, he has probably the most consistent character development out of all of them. Yes. Um, so I think this was vital, and I hope that it kind of follows through. Like, I would like after this Max stuff or whatever happens, you know, I do want Kyle to, to sort of separate himself a little bit and give mm-hmm. himself some space. I hope that doesn't mean more
0: Steph scenes. <laughs> Ugh. Well, let, let's talk about Stephanie then. Ugh. So... This is the second episode with her, and I still don't care.
2: Don't care. Literally don't care. What kind of straight nonsense is this? Mm -hmm.
1: They have no chemistry. Nothing that she has said... Everything that she has said has been some weird conservative bullshit, which I'm sure there's a purpose for it, but... I don't care. I don't care. I know that you could cut it all out and I don't think it would change the show even a little bit like take that time and spend it on other other dynamics that you've you've spent time on in season one. I don't care. And this is not against the actress like this is not she you know she's I'm sure is fabulous and other things and, and it's just it's not the way she was introduced and what she does with Kyle is nothing like I just I don't care.
0: There's nothing, there's nothing that she does in her scenes to make you like her. And even if, yeah. you know, even with the bad guys, even with Jesse and maybe Tripp or whatever, like there's something about them that you still. Right. It's intriguing. It's a very. Yeah, care. Right,
1: exactly. She's just like.
0: And there's nothing. nothing. And, and
1: I, you know, they've said what, like four times that she's the daughter of the chief of surgery. Like, obviously that's important. But like. Mm-hmm. I just, I, we had to introduce a whole ass character just for that? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm
0: assuming that it's going to play into Max's revival and his, you know. Oh, yeah. Of surgery course. Or whatever. Oh, Like, there's, yeah. A, there's a point to this, but I just don't care. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Kyle and his mom. Aw. Because I love, love, love their scenes together. And he is a, he's a good son.
2: He is a good son, but it's also so heartbreaking in this episode because you know that he feels so bad that he's lying to his mom is, I don't want to say gaslighting, but. Kind of. He is know. kind of. He, but I mean, he's, it's,
1: it, the situation kind of requires a little bit of gaslighting in a way that it's not, not in a, an abusive yeah. way, but he does sort of have to, he has to divert her attention away. I mean, it makes yeah, sense. Yeah,
2: exactly. And so it's, its, it's it was sweet to see. And I love that we saw the little, you know, Latino kid Feliz cumpleaños, mama, and all of that. Right. I love that. I love the little Spanish that comes. This episode had a lot of Spanish. Right, I right. love that. Um, and I love that he's very caring, but at the same time, it's also heartbreaking to see that he's, he's doing everything he can to, at the same time, protect, you know, the pot squad and, right. and all of that.
1: That's so. a lot on his plate. I mean, it's a lot to sort of juggle. Yeah, it's, it's a, yeah. a juggle between... I think he's just, at his heart, just an honest, good person. And I think lying or I think when when Liz mentioned that sort of like ethically murky thing she was talking about, he's like,
0: Mm -hmm. I think
1: he's just genuinely someone that, that lives by his morals and ethics. And I think this is especially hard on him. And I kind of hope that scene with Liz makes her realize like, you're putting Kyle in a position that he doesn't really isn't super comfortable with. I mean, he, you know, this isn't something that he would normally do.
0: And I think there's going to be some kind of fallout with him and his mom at some point, because you have to assume that Sheriff Valenti going to, oh, yeah. at least if not find out, she's going to suspect something at some point And then she's and then Kyle has lied and, ga- and gaslit his mom for a long time for other people. Like, yeah. and I honestly I can't wait for those scenes because I think Trevino and oh, yeah. and the actress who plays his mom are just fantastic and they have great chemistry mm-hmm. and and the fallout's going to be great. Especially when you you can see his mom mm-hmm. kind of, not only did my husband lie to me for years and years and cheat on me and whatever it, now my son is, is lying to me too she can't trust anybody. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. Right. All right, let's move on to Isabel Ugh. and her storyline with the Ortecos. But is okay. So we had a lot to say about what happened with Isabel in the last episode, and all of a sudden she's just okay, totally fine, just fine. Like it never happens. And I'm not saying I'm not saying. First of all,
1: what she went through, she wouldn't even be physically. She wouldn't even be physically recovered from two weeks later. I'm telling you. I mean. Not, I mean, we don't know how a depth we have to get, but even just, mm-hmm. you know, a safe abortion in a clinic, you're, you can still feel pretty rough a couple weeks later. But uh, putting aside the physical things, mm-hmm. she's just mentally, she, she feels lighter. She's smiling. I've never seen Isabel smile. I've never yeah. in that way. Mm-hmm. And I love to see that for her. I want her to be happy. But my problem is, is that this is what you're showing the episode after a home abortion, an attempt? Like, is this what is this really the image of that, that you want Mm. to send to women or or to to people that have abortions that two weeks later, you're sunny and you're happy and you're lighter and everything's okay? Are you kidding me?
2: Yeah, I mean, even if she was, you know, totally comfortable with the idea, like she was a hundred percent convinced that she wanted an abortion of course Mm -hmm. but i i mean i've never had an abortion but i still think that it will mentally and physically influence you Mm -hmm.
1: i i had i had one knew i wanted knew i wanted one knew it was the right decision when i was 18 19, 19 and still You're still affected by it. It's still it's still something, you know, physically and mentally and emotionally. It's still, you know, Mm -hmm. I I just I feel like that was um, then. What was the point? Yeah. And 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 my assumption is this is going to come back later. Mm -hmm. She's going to have some sort of emotional fallout. I have no idea. I'm assuming that it's not as cut and dried as it seems. That's what I'm hoping for. I find this highly strange choice mm-hmm. if it, if this is just who Isabel is now and we just then what was the point of all of that?
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. But new happy positive lighter doesn't have a care in the world. Isabel is helping Arturo. Mm-hmm. Sure. Which Someone I,
1: explained to me. So, somebody <laughs> explained to me what happened and I will have an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> their dynamic was fantastic. Like their dynamic together. Fantastic. You know, Papa Arturo took Isabel. You know, they had a, they have great you know, um sort of chemistry together. It was wonderful. No, it was
0: great. I want I'm going to change my username to Pancake Pop. <laughs> like that oh, whole yeah, thing was so cute. It just feels really out of place. And I know that Isabel's doing
1: what she thinks is right, and she's trying to use her powers for good. And I get that. And I and I appreciate that she really wanted to see them reunited. And 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 I think that's very pure and very wonderful. But the problem is, I don't even know what the hell happened, but I do know that she manipulated his faith and invaded his mind to make it happen. Now, it may not be the same way that her body and mind were invaded or other people's mind and body have been invaded, but it was still an invasion. It was still something that Arturo didn't give consent for and then manipulated something that he has relied on probably his entire life, which is his faith. Mm -hmm. And I find that unsettling and distasteful yeah. in general. Even if the mm-hmm. end result was ha- very happy and I'm glad to see them reunited and he's happy and Isabel's happy, I get it. But it's how they got there that I'm not so sure about.
2: I um I'm happy that Rosa and Arturo were reunited. I do think that Isabel and Arturo's scenes were lovely, but um I also think that well on the one hand, Isabel's power, I think, is kind of in- inherently problematic or morally gray. Oh, yeah. Um, But also, like, I think using a, mir- a miracle um, and not telling him the truth at this point, where literally everybody else, in like, connected to it, knows the truth, even if they didn't, you know, Maria find- found out uh, in a horrible way. But she knows. So why is Arturo the only one who can't, you know, know the truth? Like, Well, that's what I was going to say. Why couldn't they just, knowing Arturo, they
1: could have sat him down? Yeah. Honestly. And really, I really truly, knowing who he is and how understanding and kind and, and pa- compassionate he is, you don't think you could have just sat him down? I know it's, it doesn't make for good drama. Yeah. And I think, and even, I mean, there is, and I think I put a note somewhere, there is a level of hubris from both Liz and, and someone wrote really good meta about this, and I cannot remember who it was, and I will find the post and and share it, but, you know, there's a lot of hubris from Liz and Isabel in this episode. Like, some really, even... really morally gray areas of what they could do in the future. And, and sort of the whole time Liz is talking to Kyle about what they could do after Max felt like that same manic energy that Isabel and Max, you know, and Noah all possess that sort of playing God. There's, you know, nothing can stop me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, mm-hmm. Sure. I was surprised that that came from Liz, yeah. who just seems so much more rational. But I think they're getting caught up in all of this because it's got to be that power has got to feel very heady. Mm-hmm. Like we've got all this,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, we can really change the
0: world or, or do whatever we want. It's 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 wild.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So <laughs> before we before we move on from Isabel, we have to talk about Isabel and Rosa and that great scene that they had as um, as someone I thought it was good. They're all looking at me I, like it's, I'm crazy. I it's okay. I like okay. <laughs> let me let me let me say. I liked what I liked about it as someone with with mental illness. I loved the part where Rosa kind of explained mm-hmm. the coping right. mechanisms right. specifically mm-hmm. that her dad gave her.
2: I get these mood swings sometimes. Like I can be happy and singing one minute, and then all of a sudden this darkness just closes in over me, and I have all these voices telling me that I'm worthless.
1: How do you get through that?
2: <laughs> my dad, he used to let me paint on the walls. He said that he didn't care what I ruined as long as I was smiling. <laughs> um, music is a big one. I mean, the day that my dad saved up to buy the jukebox was the best day of my life. <laughs> a cherry chili blast milkshake. Sometimes I pray. I used to love going to church on Sundays. With your dad? Yeah. He was your constant. I mean every way that I save myself is something that he gave me.
0: I loved that part because I I'm a big believer in people with mental illness talking about their mental illness and coping with it because that's the best way to to kind of break that taboo. I loved that scene. I I like Isabel and Rosa. I think they have good chemistry. I I liked that. Oh scene. yeah, it's
1: not that. It's not. It's it's not that. It's uh, it's not. It's not the scene. Like the the talking part was great. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I have no. I want to see more of that. Um, my problem is, you know, sort of only you know Isabel busting in, which okay. Um, but also that she uh, and I think Mick, that you and I were talking about this in the notes a little bit that she physically touched Rosa, and that was kind of strange because it was. I thought it was I think, nice. I, you know, I can't front of this. Well, I mean, the problem is she. The last time, what is it, Mick? Did you write that? I can't remember. The, the last time that they touched like that, m- as far as Rosa knows, Isabel was
0: murdering her. I mean, Rosa did acknowledge that she there, knows it's not. It wasn't Isabel. Right. I mean,
1: okay. I I'm aware. We know that. I'm saying it's still. Again, there was no sort of build up to this conversation. Right there was no uh, there was no overall acknowledgement. It, again, it's 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 writing and character development in, in between two characters that we don't get. We just sort of get it thrown together. Yeah, that I think needed time and deserved more attention than what it got.
2: Yeah, and I also I also think that it came a little late. Yeah, um, that confrontation and they didn't really have a confrontation. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um. I liked I did like the part about mental illness. I'm I'm loving honestly um Oh yeah that it's that great. part of the of Rosa's storyline. I'm really it's really consistent. I love it. Um I do like that kind of Isabel's dynamic with her kind of shifted to a sort of older sister. Right. In a way. Um, like, I don't think, and I hope they won't go with it, but I don't think they frame it as romantic, Oh, God, no, no, you know?
1: no. Oof. Um, Thank God. So it
2: was really, like, you know, just having her support, Rose and having, you know, intro- like, getting her to talk. Um, right. Which I think was nice. The, the touching was kind of weird, but, yeah.
1: I, I would, I have a hard time, you know... When it comes to Rosa and any romantic Mm storylines, I hope that that is way in the future and I would be vastly uncomfortable with it being anyone who, Mm -hmm. I don't know, because of the weirdness of of her age versus her, you know, her emotional age versus her biological age at this point, but not really because her body didn't age. Anyway, I just hope romantic storylines, that's just, let's just leave that alone for for the foreseeable. (laughs) Mm
0: So let's move on and talk about uh, the Jesse and Jenna scenes and how in our notes. Weirdly flirty. Yeah, it is weirdly flirty. And Trevor is hot and it's not fair. Who the fuck makes
1: a villain who you're (laughs) supposed to hate? A very attractive daddy. Who does that?
2: Literally, I wish you guys could see our chat from the other day because- Amanda and I were literally yelling at each other, like, <laughs> why is Trevor St. John so fucking hot? Like, I am supposed to hate this guy. I mean, in that sweater? How fucking dare you, the costume department?
1: How dare you put him in that comfy ass sweater? Make him make those, like, stupid, pompous facial expressions that weirdly work for his face. Um, he, I hate Jesse. Jesse is awful. But you've made Trevor so delightfully delicious. So, anyway, so now that now that we were thirsty, <laughs> um, but I mean, obviously Jesse's terrible, right? Nobody is gonna yeah. defend. I mean, let's you know that's oh, what yeah. makes it so such a strange thing. But mm-hmm. Jesse is remains a, one of the creepiest characters on this show. Yeah, he's just the way he talks. Everything's manipulative. Everything is. Ooh, and I yeah. just do not the flirty vibe between Jenna and Jesse was the weirdest fucking thing to experience like was that an actor choice was that
0: yeah.
1: in the direction like hey guys we want to see you kind of act like you're maybe gonna hate fuck at some point like that's <laughs> Um, I don't care I I, this is gonna sound terrible I don't know or care what Jesse and Jenna were talking about <laughs> like I watched it and I was just, I, I I think it's because all this stuff with Charlie, I just, none of it's really fitting together very well. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. Again, I think you could cut that entire part out of the episode and it would have been just fine. Which is unfortunate because I love Jenna, but.
2: Yeah, I feel like, I do feel like that there's scenes where drawn out. I think, I mean. It was interesting. I didn't understand, like, half of it because I didn't understand half the words they were, they were saying about the bomb. <laughs> but obviously, that connects to the bomb in Caulfield, right?
1: Right, right, right. I assume.
2: So, obviously, he had, you know, some interest um, in, in Jenna's sister and her research and all of that. And I don't believe for a second... That he is no longer interested in all of that. Oh, of so course. Yeah. What no. is he planning now? Um, Which I'm excited to see Jesse continue to be
1: a villain. Like I want, uh-huh. you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by his character as much as he repulses me as a character. Yeah. I'm intrigued to see what he's going to do, or what his overall plan is. But it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It feels like it's dragging. It feels a little bit like. The longer this goes on, I don't I don't know if I care. I don't yeah. Know. I
0: don't know. All right. So, one last thing before we move on from this is that something happened to Jenna and I swear to God if they killed her, I'm going to riot. Like I
2: don't think they killed her. I feel like that would be a really I don't
0: think they did, but
2: Yeah, I mean, I hope she's okay. Um obviously with how they did the lighting and all of that, it connects with whatever happened to mimi right otherwise it it also wouldn't make sense that jenna was the one who found her right so yeah mimi was okay Was kind of okay you know she wasn't really that different from she was wearing weird boots yeah that was all so i'm hoping jenna is going to be okay and i mean i don't believe for a second that it's aliens Um, That would be, like, super duper obvious and,
1: like... Oh, no. Definitely no way it's aliens. Yeah. No.
0: All right. So we saved the best for last because we're not biased at all. Mm -hmm. And so let's get into all of the wonderful Malik stuff in this episode. This was... I don't know how I end up moderating all the Malik's heavy episodes. This, this isn't <laughs> fair. Um, okay. So we get that first scene with Michael and Alex on the long farm. Mm-hmm. And I and I agree with, with Amanda's notes here. I didn't like that they had it where Michael only called Alex because Isabel and Maria were busy uh, or were yeah. talking to him. Like
2: I mm. I mm. <laughs> okay so um the thing is i think it makes sense but i didn't like it <laughs> i mean i think it makes sense because michael has been as said for like two episodes now that he do- doesn't really want to work with alex mm-hmm. so it kind of makes sense but at the same time it's also like the plot point like yeah, yeah like you you said in the notes
1: well and that's kind of the whole criticisms that and i do want to bring up um uh, some criticisms from from Tumblr that I think need to be discussed at the end. But mm-hmm. one of them was Alex has sort of turned into a plot device for Michael um, in yeah. a way that he really wasn't in season one. And I think mm-hmm. that line, the reason in it, and if that weren't the case, I don't think that line would have even resonated with me at all. I wouldn't have even thought about it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's now you're making Alex an afterthought. Um, yeah. When he doesn't deserve that, nor, you know, that's not the character you were creating originally. Um, yeah. So that was the only reason it really stuck with mm-hmm. me. It's yeah. like, okay.
0: All right. Um, I loved the scene with Wyatt. Oh, yeah. That was <laughs> awesome. Mean-
1: that was so funny. <laughs> it was so like old time Western comedy, like we uh-huh. needed, you know. That was so so fucking good and so needed.
0: Yeah, like you buy Michael and Alex as friends in that moment. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. We're friends.
1: It's that sort of like weird, you know, that just that that co- comedic timing and the. Uh, I just I could live in that few minutes or few seconds for the rest of my life and be very happy. It was wonderful.
2: Yeah, and it just proves that. I mean, they're a good team. You know they. Mm-hmm i mean i think it was something that we saw in you know the coffee episode um it was already there that you know they're a good team this you know in spite of their romantic you know situation um and also that look like the fact that they just understand each other with just a look right Mm -hmm. that's a good top tier shit (laughs)
1: Oh, and just Alex casually walking up, <laughs> calling him Michael, Michael Garen. I mean, just like walking up and just being like. A wild Michael Garen finally emerges from his weeks-long hibernation in a lab and the library. And I was like, did he just say Michael? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, it didn't even register at first. Yeah how many times he said Michael this episode but it didn't the first time he did it I missed it completely I was just like oh okay
0: that's funny haha ha. and then
1: later on I was like wait
0: <laughs> I mean I'll admit I'm a little upset that we were robbed of that great fanfic moment no. where he it was calls perfect him Michael I would have liked to have had that like <gasps> called me Michael no
1: I loved the mundane I loved it I loved it I
2: think I mean that, those were the Two possibilities, I think, that Fano was discussing. Either is going to call him, you know, he's going to use Michael for the first time in a, you know, random situation. Or is going to do it in, you know, an ang- super angsty moment or, like, when they're in danger or something. And I, I kind of, I, I love that they went for the first option.
1: Right, because it's not about him calling Michael... Garen isn't about Michael at all. I mean, it's mm-hmm. about yeah. Alex. Alex's comfort level. Yeah. A- and we've already seen that. It is a physical manifestation in the way he dresses and the way he acts. And we've already mm-hmm. seen that build up. That this is just sort of the natural next step. And I fucking knew it before the episode aired. I was like, he's going to
0: call him Michael soon. I knew it. I knew it. And I love it. <coughs> well, and we're going to get to the to scene later. But I love that in the moment where he is... Uncomfortable and upset, he switches back to Karen. Right. Mm-hmm. Back to Garen. yeah, because it's not about Michael. It's about it's a
1: it's one hundred percent about Alex.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before we move on from the Wyatt scene, I just have to say that them smiling together, I know, destroyed me. I, like, I'll never be the same. We needed it because it's
1: I mean, it just we needed it. We don't we don't get it very often, at all. And uh,
0: we we need more of it. Yeah. All right, so then we get to the rest of the Long Farm scenes, and I love—I just love this episode. I just love <laughs> Malik so much. Their
1: scenes were phenomenal. I mean, I will- <laughs> this whole thing was- the smelling like rain, I mean, mm-hmm. what a great thing to carry from alien to alien, or, you know, at least with mm-hmm. Max and Michael, um- And I loved Alex's line about, you know, of course, he made it flirty. So, like, romantic, but make it, you know, kind of an asshole thing is... Yeah. Yeah, like, it's what you said, like, under grease and bourbon. Like, you wouldn't, like, you wouldn't get naked right the minute he was covered in
2: (laughs) grease and bourbon. Okay. Okay, but, like, both of them in this episode, like, Alex being, like, just super horny for Michael, and Michael dressed, like, his slottiest self, okay... (laughs) Like, were there even buttons on the shirt? There was, like, two at the bottom.
1: And I'm like, I'm impressed that you got the two at the bottom, I guess. Like, what was even the point? Like, literally, whose idea? I'm assuming that was... I feel like that's Vlamis. I feel like that's Vlamis all over. I feel like that's flammish. I um, you know it was Vlamis. Because how casual it was between the two of them. I mean, obviously, it got into some, you know, dark and, and angsty places later on. And, and sort of what they were talking about was really sad, but... Mm-hmm. You know, it was just an a casual easiness that we really have never seen before, mm-hmm. or haven't really seen in a long time, and so that was that was nice to see. Um, yeah. the, the and not that this is a I don't I didn't like it. The only part that really sort of hurt the, me the most was when they were talking about the height chart and Alex sort of forgetting not forgetting but you don't really think about it like
2: yeah
1: that's part of everyone's childhood you know and 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 just to say like oh didn't anyone do this for you and michael's like Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: like the look in his eyes is like no no you know like this isn't a thing um and i love that was that felt really good Mm
2: -hmm. i mean i don't think that alex knows that much about michael's childhood like he knows stuff but he doesn't know that much to actually make that connection i don't think
1: right but you just assume even in you know it i i would like because of the way the writing on this show i think we can assume that alex knows details even if we didn't hear them or knows enough i think it's just an unthinking thing like oh that's a part of a childhood it's sort of a universal thing that people mm-hmm. do across cultures and i you know and i I thought that was a great way to show that, you know, it's easy to forget as people yeah. get older that what they went through as a child is, is, you know, affects them greatly. And it was, I think that was a great line. I'm glad that they included mm-hmm. that in there. as painful as it was.
2: Yeah. And also saying, you know, Alex saying it's something that you do with family. Now, of course we didn't see the, the family thing in the flashbacks, which is kind of told to us. But also Michael's reaction being like, oh, great. Right, another so another thing. thing that like I wasn't included in and another, you know, another instance of people having a family without me, you know, which was heartbreaking because like he just kind of all that he finds out is just people leaving him behind.
1: Right. And, and it's hard to even know at that moment. And, you know, he, and he does figure that out towards the end of the episode when I, when Alex comes back in front of the Airstream. But it's easy to think in that moment, like, you know, I, or to remember that she was probably doing it for a reason and, and she was keeping him in the pods to yeah, keep him no, safe. Absolutely. And it's hard to, you can sort of see him in that moment not really thinking that rationally. It was just such a good, Oh uh, As frustrating as it is that, that we had to find out that they were a family from Alex rather than seeing that on the screen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, a, that was a great addition.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> All right, let's move on. Let's talk about the long-awaited, long-debated Forrest, <laughs> who is just, he's just there.
1: <laughs> so I want to, there is something I want to read from um, our beautiful editor, Katie, Yusak Snake, on mm-hmm. um, Tumblr, uh, because she wrote a very salty truth post right after the episode. And one yeah. of her line was, Forrest sucks. Sorry, but he's boring and edgy romantic interest prototype man. Um, Because that's what he is. He's supposed to be like, he's got blue hair. He's supposed to remind Alex of his youth. Okay.
2: Yeah. Which I mean, I,
1: well, there was no initial chemistry if that's what they were hoping for. Like, yeah,
2: no, exactly. They, they didn't even talk mm. to each other.
1: There was more chemistry with Michael and Forrest. Mm-hmm like genuinely like <laughs> are you fucking kidding me this whole time we've been stressed about fucking forest and alex and here you
2: got me like confused by Forrest and michael what the fuck that was mm-hmm. so funny like the fact that michael is the one that already knows Forrest is so funny <laughs> and the fact that we we were like oh we're gonna see jealous michael and now we saw jealous alex yeah. in some way that was hilarious which I'm here
0: for I mean I'm I'm here for that I can be I okay I know Karina has said in the past that she doesn't like jealousy or whatever in fi- in fiction in fiction I love jealousy I love jealous characters yeah it's fun I you know, I like pining jealous characters well that's
1: the thing is that like there's nothing wrong with showing human emotion humans get jealous it's sometimes it's not rational sometimes it's annoying but we are a jealous fucking species It's okay to show that. And I am glad that whether or not it was intentional or written that way, that Alex's facial expression was like,
2: Mm. "Mm." Oh, you're not getting beers, are
1: you? Oh, yeah. And Michael's like, it's not like we're grabbing beers together. And then Alex made that facial expression. I was (laughs) like, and it was was just, you know, it was such an odd... Was I going to like Forrest no matter what? Probably not. I'll be real honest about that. I was probably not going to like him no matter who he was um, because of he's going to get in the way of my chip. You know, I don't have to like him. It's fine. Um, But is he not just a male Steph? I don't give a fuck. I don't care. care. Nazis? He's interested in Nazis. Oh, oh, good. A guy in his early 20s who's
2: obsessed with Nazis. We don't see that enough. That was so weird, especially because he was literally introduced as Nazi guy, which I was like, wait a second, what? Which
1: isn't funny. given the time that we're in. Given the time that we're in, like it's this is this is a this is a real weird thing.
0: Yeah. Well, and not only is he apparently obsessed with Nazis, he's a long.
1: He's a long. I mean, you're going to tell me that that the neo-Nazi bullshit that Wyatt was spouting. And then you have a brother here who's interested in what Nazi conspiracy theories. Yeah.
2: What? What I mean, a wild choice. Apparently, he's also the black sheep of the family.
0: Oh, look at me. I'm so different with my Nazi theory and my blue hair.
2: Yeah.
1: And also, it, it really is. So, I mean, I truly, it's like, now that I see him and I see how he is, I'm like, oh, I get the very specific role he's going to mm-hmm. fill for a couple of episodes. I literally mm-hmm. am so not worried. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. Yes. Like, whatever. Go. Remind, you know what, play Alex a record, remind Alex of being 17 again, because all that's going to do is make him remember falling in love with Michael yeah. Karen. So like, mm-hmm.
2: you know, the thing is, OK, first of all, I'm super biased with this because I um, knew the actor from um, Spartacus, which was one of the first series with what I was really interested in and I hated him. <laughs> <laughs> I hated his character in that s- s- series as well, so I was super biased. I am sorry, Christian. I'm sure you are a lovely guy, um and I don't really care about Forrest. I mean, I knew I wasn't l- really gonna care. Also, I think probably maybe from future episodes, maybe I will be more interested in, but like right as maybe. of right now
1: and, and it's not that he's and he's he's a very like he's a very personable, he was very bubbly, very talkative. Like I'm sure that I will mm-hmm. learn to like him, I guess. You know, maybe outside of of, of, of the the mm-hmm. romantic of him and Alex, that's always going to bug me. I may very may very well like him. I don't know. That introduction was really weird. The Nazi stuff kind of freaks me out and, and is kind of weird to me, so it kind of depends yeah. on on that. I don't know. And 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 we obviously we're not dumb. We see how they're going to bond, right? Because they're yeah. both black sheep of their family. They're both mm-hmm. presumably, you know, queer um in a family that clearly does not welcome mm-hmm. queer people. Like he is Alex, but the Walmart version of
2: Alex.
0: <laughs> okay. My only thing is, is that, no, I don't care about him. He really is just there. But also, it's his the first episode. It's just his first scene. Like, yeah, no, I absolutely I know where the story. Well, I don't know. But I feel like I know where the story is going. So I'm not worried. Yeah. But I'm open to liking Forrest as a sure. character. I just don't. I just don't yet. Yeah. All right. So the last thing I feel like we need to talk about before we wrap things up is that last Malik scene at the trailer with their happy beers. And Alex, Alex, and I love Lee for leaving like an all caps message in my inbox yesterday about this. He finally gave Michael the piece of the ship, and it was really Mm -hmm. pretty much everything I wanted from that scene. Oh yeah, where he's like, "I didn't want to give it to you because I didn't want you to leave," and I'm like, "Yeah, this is what I wanted."
1: And uh, you know, that's that's what I wanted, and they did that beautifully. Do I think that the console was forgotten for a very long time and was strange? Yes, but that was the best fanfic way to do it, And, and you know, without. Getting too in detail. That was beautiful. And and the tears in both of their eyes will stay with me until I die. <laughs> that was a lot. Um, the fire flickering, the coloring. Like, I was just like, this is mm-hmm. a lot to deal yes. with. Um, but it was beautiful. And, and, and Michael finally, that look on his face. It was like he finally understood how much Alex yeah. loved him. Like, maybe a hint... You know, Michael has a hard time believing anybody uh-huh. loves him. And it just truly felt like in that moment, he was like, holy shit, Alex really did love me a lot or still uh-huh. loves me a lot. And I think that that was, I'm sure it's not going to go anywhere for right now, but it was beautiful.
0: But in, in that moment where he's like, you know, wow, somebody does want me around. To stay. Somebody wants does me want here. me to stay. Like, that's great.
2: Yeah. And I'm not sure who said this, but... Um, someone said it on tumblr it was like michael is kind of reevaluating all of you know his interactions with or his relationship with alex since you know episode 10 basically because he read it in in a complete like the complete opposite way which was alex being you know scared or you know upset about the alien thing right um which he wasn't and i'm i'm really loving Alex. Being able to be honest and open about mm-hmm. his feelings and, you know, just laying it out there. And I'm really also loving the fact that basically, again, someone said this on Tumblr, but um, that he's giving Michael agency, which is something that Michael doesn't have a lot um, in in the show. Um, with you know him being outed multiple times, you know his child all of this, you know it doesn't it doesn't really he's not a character with a lot of the agency over himself, over himself. Right. So what Alex did was giving him a choice, um, basically. Is like, right. mm-hmm. Um The last I do want to
1: I do want to talk about a couple of criticisms of that scene because I think it's easy mm-hmm. I think it's easy to to. To love the sort of romantic part of that scene. yeah. Um, but Katie, again, um, Isak Snake brought up a couple of points. And I've seen it, other people talk about it. That while that scene was beautiful, that it was just another... What did she call it? The Alex Martyrdom number 501. Um, that he just keeps having to sacrifice his own happiness for Michael yeah. or for other people. And it would be fine if this was the first time or the second time. Yeah. But that he just has to keep doing it is another way that they're making alex more of a plot device for michael than his own character and and we could get away there's plenty of time to avoid that but that is Mm -hmm. that is one thing about that scene that i think is is one of the only negatives i can really think of
2: yeah um, I agree. I mean I, I put this in my notes as well, uh, which is something I I don't like with the I love that it was a new line. Mm-hmm. I think it's been a long time coming. Um Michael I love Michael, but he did in a lot of ways in the previous episodes make Alex feel like it was um also him. Right, and which I,
1: I understand why Michael thought that. I'm glad that he's ra- yeah. he's come to the rational conclusion and knows and understands yeah, now exactly. that some time has passed that just because it was Maine's men that it wasn't Alex.
2: Yeah, and so I love that line. I I'm I don't like that they're you know that Alex is shouldering again all of these guilt, right. all of this you know blame and i think i do think it makes sense for alex's character i mean i think right it's something that um is in line with how alex is um and what we know of alex but i do want to see you know his storyline focus on on that a little bit and him you know learning or like at least coping with it and you know right i want to see i
1: want to see alex be given some time outside of michael Mm
2: -hmm. i say
1: that as a malik shipper of course Mm -hmm. i want malik scenes all the time but what i don't want is it to become where alex is just an offshoot of michael and all of his character development happens because of Mm -hmm. michael because what that means is if that it remained that way that the longer and more in-depth Michael and Maria get then the more Alex is shunted to the side. And I don't want that. That's my big fear. Now the Alex and Forrest stuff may give him a chance as much as I don't necessarily want to see it from a shipper's standpoint Mm -hmm. may give him a chance to come outside of that shadow and have
0: his own moments. Mm -hmm. All right. So that was our recap of episode four and we will be back next week uh, to recap shocker episode five. And uh, you can catch us on our social medias, on Twitter, on Tumblr, on Instagram, and also at our new home at notthatcomplicated.net. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Thanks. Thank you,
2: guys.